HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Underground Meats. We're proud to count Underground Meats as a business member of Heritage Radio Network. Located in downtown Madison, Wisconsin, Underground Meats creates handcrafted salami and cured meats. They source from the nation's most quality pasture-raised heritage pigs and goats. The Underground Collective also offers a variety of classes and workshops. We encourage you to visit undergroundmeats.com to learn more. You can also get your own Underground Meats care package by becoming a VIP member of Heritage Radio Network. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate for more. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Daisy, we're back. You better believe we're back. Today we're going to be talking about sex and uh, rock and roll and pizza. Pizza, but that, that's probably why I'm here, not the that's sex. That's right, my favorite roll. pizza, Pizza Rumba. Back. Pizza Rumba, my favorite. <laughs> In, I'm sorry, the lovely Judy's not here. I'm Judy's at home, room. wrapped. Uh, tuning in, tuning into us right home, hovering over her internet machine, surrounded, it, surrounded by feral cats. Do we reach Jackson Heights? <laughs> like, they have, the, they have the internet in in in, uh, in Queens. Queen, in Queen, Queens is the, is the next big thing. Queens is the next. Uh, Des- despite your attempts to keep it off the map, Zaremba. <laughs> I want to keep it quiet. <laughs> anyway, in the uh, secret uh, surprise co-guest, uh, Derwood Kirby seat. <laughs> well, we got a lot happening today, including what, what is, what the, is that? The, with the world premiere of a Flesh Tones cover of a Rolling Stones song today. Let's call it a, a, a sneak preview. A sneak preview. I don't want the Norton people to say, "Oh, I've." Uh, jump the, uh, the... Okay, so... 
underground. Jump the gate, as it's they o- jump okay. the, fly the gate. I'm sure. I'm Jamaica. sure our listener won't tell. No, but, uh, we our don't listener. <laughs> Mum's the word. Um, but also here today, joining Who's us here? Who's this guy? Who's here? Who is this guy? This 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 nice young man. He's a mensch. I'm telling you, he's a he's a mensch. So remember, you know what a mensch is? It's a human fucking being. And let me tell you, this is it's one of the man. best. This is one of the best. He looks uh, like a man. <laughs> well, you know, who is he? Wait a second. At 37, I think puberty is just going to be around the corner soon. It's coming. It's a late happening. bloomer. It happens, and when it happens, it hits you hard. It's uh, Michael Lee Nuremberg, our good friend uh, Michael Lee Nuremberg, who is, among other things, the director of Back Issues, the Hustler magazine story, which can now be seen on Netflix streaming, which is like a huge fucking deal because that's how everybody watches everything. Yeah, and um, that's for hard. all those kids who didn't yeah. go out to see the indie film circuit, to see what is a very fabulous documentary. Now all you can do is push a button on your internet machine, and voila. Thank you. you. Thank you for having me back. Good to see you, Mike. Are you it's good to be here. Um, it should be noted that uh, I'm in your movie. You made me a star. You are you are a star maker. You made me a star because you were so funny. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you to say, but you were that's thoughtful. True. You sort of gave me the first and the uh, last word in, uh, in your film. Because, because you wrote the book on it. You uh, wrote the book on okay, it. So you, had, you know what? For the, for the listeners... What's the title of this movie? Back Issues, The Hustler Magazine Story. Oh, okay. Right. There you go. There you go. It's a simple title. It's yeah. a simple title. Um, and that's exactly what it is. It is The Hustler Magazine Story. And um, side, Cut and dry. Um, I, I'm very uh, flattered and uh, honored to be in it um, with such a great cast, including our friend Mr. Farringer, Harold Price Farringer, who just passed away recently. The Joe DiMaggio of First Amendment lawyers. Rest in peace, Farringer. That and guy was great. The, a giant. A giant. A giant. A dinosaur. They don't make him like that anymore. Um, um, a man who really, uh, to see Mr. Varinger, who had hair the color of bleached mercury, I mean, just the silver shock of hair, and dressed these beautiful suits, and he defended scumbags like Al Goldstein and Larry Flint. He's the guy that kept the pornographers out of jail, even though he himself hated pornography. I, I think that's kind of an act. That's you think it's fab. kayfabe? Kayfabe. You think that's kayfabe? Could I, be. I don't think so. I think Mr. Farringer uh, really found it very disagreeable, but what was really disagreeable was the idea that someone could tell you what to read or what not to read. That was offensive. I mean, not only do they not make him like that, they don't make him that good looking. I should also <laughs> add that this guy looked the part. Joe DiMaggio of the First Amendment. Once, once again, our listeners are at a uh, deficit here because they can't see how handsome kind of like, he Kind of like you, Zerum. Oh, like Joe oh, DiMaggio okay. of Arts that'll, and Seizure. That'll give people some idea. <laughs> a, a, a faint idea. Of a that. Google search. I mean, they're going to be listening to this around their internet device. Well, you know what's crazy is so... I'm t- I was talking to some young people. I mean, young, like... Uh, 30, uh, um, and they didn't know what Penthouse Magazine was, you know, yeah. and they'd never seen a copy of Hustler, let alone, you know, and they, these things were just like, they'd heard of Playboy, sure, but uh, Screw Magazine, which we also talk about, my old friend and mentor Al Goldstein, no fucking clue, but they had never seen a girly magazine. That's too bad. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a wonderful thing, a girly magazine, I think that's the way everyone should learn about sex, not the it's, internet. You should take a poll. You should take a poll. Yeah. I don't know, I think online pornography is pretty great, though. Yeah, really? What, what do you enjoy most about it? Besides, it's free. <laughs> free, endless lesbians. As many lesbians as could, that could fill the entire world. Well, you know, people always ask, they say, why do men, you know, love watching lesbian porn so much? And the answer is, uh, they're not actually lesbians. <laughs> Well, because there's no dudes in it. Well, there's no dudes in it, because that's, that's the thing, there are no dudes. Don't cross swords. Just, I mean, you that, know. That's what I'm saying. It's not my cup of tea, but you got to dance how you feel. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the night, right, Sinatra? You bet. What about the swinger club? You were talking, the there's, swinger. There's, there's talk about swinger clubs. Swinger club. So uh, this uh, 
young woman whose name escapes me because she's already had her 15 minutes um, who claims to be friends with Kate Middleton is bringing her sex club, uh, Killing Kittens, to New York. And, of course, there are a few other quote-unquote sex clubs, kind of the modern day of... It's, it's no Plato's retreat. Um, you know, this is a different thing, but I just feel like this is, like, the greatest scam of all time. You know, of course, um, you know, all dudes want to go to a sex club, but, of course... No unaccompanied men. That was always the case, though, at Play-Dohs as well. It's for women. I love that you could join her club. She says, it is the most elite sex club in the world. You can be a member for $15. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to Play-Dohs? Did you make it uh, up there? Come on. You were I, I, uh, I, a little too young for that. You were? Well, come on. Young. No, you're I'll never honest, too young. You, I, you know, well, what was happening? Um, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. Young Play-Dohs. How Goldstein didn't bring you? And young I'll put it, I'll put it to you guys. Um, <laughs> young Play-Dohs. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe I was like... It may like 19 or 20 in the very last days of Play-Dohs before it closed. Uh, have you been there, Pete? Actually, no. Actually, I've never even been to a, a strip club. You've never been to a strip no. club? For realsies. For You're realsies. not missing much. It's kind of a r- creepy, rapey male vibe. Is it? I, I've only been a couple times. Not for me, either. Well, that's a bit reductive now, isn't it, Michael? No. Um, I don't know. You've never been to Billy's Topless back, you know? No, I, or, I knew, or, I knew uh, girls that worked there and the whole thing. But I, and the, how, do you, how do you play in the flesh tones and avoid going to a strip club we don't at, play your, strip at your advance, at your we advanced age? Our, we don't take our clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No one would pay to see that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's not, strip club's not something I seek out, but in the course of my adult it life, happens, I've certainly right? found myself in a couple titty bars. And, 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 you know, um, Billy's was a great neighborhood joint. Um, you know, it was, it was really a neighborhood. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a, well, a clip joint. What, you know? fires, what fires you up about the Killing Kittens thing? Because you sent me the link. I read it, and I was like, all right. Oh, because it's such talk. pretentious bullshit. I mean, that's, that's what fires up. We're so elite. Send us $15. And you can, <laughs> that's, you know, I know Kate Middleton, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. So she's sort of trading on, on her friend's fame, you know, the royal family, um, such as it is. Um, and, you know, she's, and the people they talk to, and it also sounds just flatly awful. Listen, I've got no moral high ground to stand on. I do not judge. If people want to go out of an orgy, God bless them. More power to them, you know? Right on. What, like I said, whatever gets you through the night, I'm not judging. But this just sounds icky-poo. Mm. <laughs> icky-poo! I think because it's because it's for the wealthy. It's like a 1% sex club. And they're trying to make it look... $15? $15. Yeah, yeah. Well, or, or $80 a year, I think it is. Actually. Oh, 80 no, it's a year. Not. This, no. was like, this was like an invite-only thing. Well, no, 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 but you become a member, and no, it's, they like you to think that. rules that. me She's out, just, actually. She's just I making money. This is a, because you this haven't is, been invited. This is a cash grab. Well, I, I don't have $15. I, a... I, don't, I don't have $15, and I don't think they're willing to take a pizza, which is what I get paid here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They might, a Roberta's Pizza, I think, would, would might, I mean, I think there's room for negotiation. I would believe me. I'd rather have a pizza than anything that's happening over there at the Killing Kittens sex party. Oh, that doesn't sound so bad. So, so in your chaste life, uh, Zerumbo, you've never been to a, a strip club. Have you um, ever seen a dirty magazine? Uh, yes, actually, I, I've seen several. <laughs> I've seen several in my. Uh, in was, Play, my time. was Playboy the first? Uh, I, it probably was. It probably was. You know, but of course, I only looked at it for the uh, for the literature. The articles. The articles, of well, course. You learned how to make they a perfect old-fashioned. Yeah, it's a perfect old-fashioned <laughs> and uh, all that stuff. What was your first Dirty Magazine, Mike? Oh, Hustler. Because I had to sneak him out of my dad's closet because uh-huh. he was the art director. So, uh, And this and here is sort of um, what got the ball rolling. Your dad was the art director of Hustler. Yep. And that's how the whole thing started. Started hanging out. And um, I wanted to get some of this stuff, some of his stories recorded. And uh, it turned into a... Documentary, a full-blown documentary. I think 41, 41 <laughs> different characters in it. 
That's a cast of thousands. A cavalcade. And we have three dead people in it now. So it's like you're dropping like flies. They're dropping like flies. I'm glad we got that. I, I could be next. You'd never know. Well, I could be next. Morten Henriksen of uh, you know, the, the famous Norwegian pop uh, rock and roller guy, the Vikings, uh, Yum Yums, all that, all that. Caroline. You know Caroline, right? She did all those. Uh, she was like the top uh, uh, softcore porn star in Norway until very recently when she retired. He has a huge collection at, at his house in Moss, Norway, of old porno from the 60s and 50s and stuff. The best magazine out of all of them is a tiny uh, pocket-sized magazine called Cavalcade. So you mentioned Cavalcade, and those are great. That was a great era, you know, of girly magazines before everything was so explicit. And, of course, your movie we talked about, like, you know, um, and, and like my book, Dirty, 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 uh, which I shouldn't uh, be ashamed at all to plug shamelessly. Now's uh, the time. Now's the time. And Dirty, 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 which really covers the story of Hugh Hefner through uh, Larry Flint and Osler, Bob Guccione at Penthouse, and my friend Al Goldstein at Screw. Um, Larry Flint was the guy that showed the beaver. He was the guy that first showed that really showed the pink, that he really opened it up and went past what Playboy was doing, trying to be like the girl next door, you know, wink, a wink and a nod that we're not really about sex, when obviously that magazine was designed for someone's procreative act in the privacy of their own bathroom, usually, I'm imagining. I mean, I saw Playboy, and, you know, you couldn't convince me that anybody was buying it for the football preview, as sage as it may have been. <laughs> <laughs> Although that, you know, it's funny because when I was researching all this stuff and I, I really looked at, Hus- I mean, um, Playboys in the 70s, I did find myself reading the Arthur C. Clarke fiction. Oh, listen, Playboy in the 70s, early 70s and late 60s was, into the early 60s actually, um, was probably the best American magazine of all the time. The interviews, and there's, fantastic. There's no doubt that the editorial was of a super high quality and that was the genius of Hugh Hefner, that, you know, that old, old queen <laughs> Hefner, um, what... He really did. He put sex into context. So you could buy a girly magazine and feel kind of smart about doing it. Um, I mean, the bullshit part of it was like, hey, we want to talk to girls about um, world events and we want to discuss cubism and modern art and we'd love to play chess with them and, and whatever. But then what is he, how does he represent the women in his magazine? Like the dumbest, most negatively stereotype enforcing bimbos that money can buy. And it's, it's really a shame because he puts off this great worldview of being very sophisticated. But at the end of the day, it's just really about getting laid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it always? Isn't it always? I think Larry probably had a lot to do. Larry and Al particularly had a lot to do with kind of pushing all that aside and showing it what it really was. You know, like what that it really was about jerking off. It wasn't about. Um, well, they were honest about it. I mean, Hefner was very careful about his image and that Lord of the Manor sort of bullshit that he loved to portray, whereas, you know, Al and Larry were pigs and proud. I mean, I mean, Larry Flint's the guy who tells you I'm a chicken fucker from Kentucky, you know. But, you know, let's face it. At the end of the day, Playboy is, is tanking. I mean, it's, it's going down is like it? the Titanic, the magazine. Um, and by the way, it's still a really nice product. I mean, if you pick up Playboy, so the, 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 the editor is, is a very talented guy, and there's really some really compelling editorial in it. Um, I mean, the, the content of the women, of course, they're all beautiful, but it's you know kind of past its shelf life a little bit. The concept of Playboy magazine, um, Hustler's kind of sinking because no one really wants a porn magazine because of the internet. Although Larry was very smart and got into the internet, before, he saw it coming. But Larry looked at it as a businessman. He got it, you know. Also, he owns a casino, which is smart. But what I want to say is Hefner, who no, no longer even owns his mansion, which apparently the rugs are all dirty and filled with, like, dog poop <laughs> at the mansion, Larry Flint, the guy, you know, in the wheelchair, has got a giant building on Wilshire Boulevard with his name on it. 
One of my favorite lines in the movie is when you say um, <laughs> Hefner's like uh, up there like Sunset Boulevard because when you watch it with a crowd, there's always someone who gets the reference and, and <laughs> oh, these kids, they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But he is, he's patting around his mansion like Gloria Swanson. You know, he's, you know, it's, <laughs> what did she say? It's, you know, um, you know, it's not the pictures that got smaller. <laughs> you know, he did one great innovative thing in and, and a totally different field in television. The Playboy After Dark show was was really a great awesome thing. yeah that was cool you know and uh it, it, the whole concept we tried to retread that a bit for our final season of uh the cutting edge if anyone uh, remembers that show when we did the thing up at the uh, revolving uh the revolving bar on the top of the holiday inn in hollywood we tried to do a playboy after dark thing quite frankly it didn't come anywhere near how great that show was well you didn't have Nat King Cole didn't have neck we didn't have uh, Hugh Hefner uh, stumbling around the, the greatest Lenny fake, Bruce the greatest fake cocktail party of all time that's right kayfabe cocktail party well I'll tell you what how about some real cocktails it's, uh, some real yeah really I thought you were going to bring the, uh, the next, portable bar next show th- this week next show we're going to we're going to you gonna, and lovely I'm, in your I'm, fashions I'm coming up against you next, oh yeah next con- the controversy is going to start this show and it's going to keep on growing well, I, I think the con- I think Ooh. the I think the controversy is going to start <laughs> right after this premiere. It's not a premiere; it's a sneak preview. A sneak preview. God damn it! A sneak preview. And, uh, what, and what are we? What are we sneaking? What okay, we- uh, as part of the fabulous Norton Records uh, series of Stones covers on forty fives, uh, the Flesh Tones were asked to contribute something. We chose the song uh, by the Rolling Stones, one of my favorites, "Got to Get Away." Shall we? We shall. Okay. Right here on Arts and Seizures. You heard it here first. Yeah. 
I'm Reggie Watts, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Holy cow. You play that Rolling Stones song and a party broke out That's in here. That's right. The hits keep coming, <laughs> holy, Mike. Holy cow. Who, who, we're just being joined by the illustrious Cliff Mott, just walked in. Artist to the stars. And uh, who else? Who else we got? We got in here. Okay. Uh, surprise drop-in guest, all the way from Paris, France. The Hello, photographer Yuri Lanquette. Welcome. Thanks. 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 Nice to see you here after all this time. Yeah, and uh, look, we've we've lured you into down into the heart of uh, hipsterdom here in Bushwick. And and, here, and the original hipster himself, Cliff Mott, who I believe came to get paid for some T-shirts he did for you fourteen years oh, ago. Oh wow! Look what he's got in his pocket. <laughs> it's a Fleshstones cassette. I Spe- can't home with that. Speaking of Paris, this is uh, Speed Connection Two. Uh, Everyone, everyone should have one. Speed connection was, uh, too. That was our that was our uh, motto. But we said well, they said what 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 type of sales uh, thing should we have for this record? And we said well, speed connection. Everyone should have one. You know, <laughs> this, this was recorded live in Paris in uh, 1985. You were there, Yuri. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you were there. And, it, and uh, you know, remember that at the end of these three or four days of recording, the last day. There was like a version of this album that was mixed very quickly, pressed, and it was and already sold. in the stores. Right, it was in the stores the next day. Actually, after the first night, an instant record. It was an instant record. That's why this one is called Speed Connection Two because the, this is like the better mixed and with the, a different cover. Actually, yes, the fake mix where we we redid our vocals and actually added a whole song. That was recorded in a studio. Hey, if it's good enough for Kiss, it's good enough for the Flesh Tones. It's good enough for us that's, all. That's what I always say. So what's going on with you, Cliff Mott? What you, uh, just get out, get out, get, that, that funny, round, penis-looking thing is a microphone. Get oh, right up on it. Right, gotcha. Uh, I hear there's pizza. There's this pizza. Yes. It's delicious pizza. I know. It's, it's the best pizza in town, so. It's terrific pizza. I can't believe a rock and roll thing. Well, we're just about to, after that great Stones thing, I think we're just going to get back to the endless debate, Beatles versus Stones. I don't even know why we're still debating it. Okay. I mean, that debate is going is, is gonna to be eternal. I, I, don't, I don't see why there even is a debate. Listen, the well, Beatles are, sac- are, sac- are maybe sacred cows, and you all love them. I'm not really sure why. They're hardly a rock and roll band. I mean, they started as a rock and roll band. They did. They, start, and they, were, they were a good, convincing rock and roll band. And then what happened? Art. How did this whole Art, thing start? French horns. Bob Dylan gave them pot, and the whole ball just rolled right off the fucking table. And the next thing I knew, I was listening to Abbey Road. Okay? Well, Nick, you know, seriously. Their bad song to good song ratio is so appalling for a band of that stature. I mean, you know, look, listen, for every year blues, I think I saw her standing there. It might be the last great thing they did but for every great song they did later like you know your your blues um or helter skelter there's some oh blah dee oh blah da or some interminable piece of shit it sounds like a kid doing his piano lesson you mean like, like rocky like, raccoon like, like, like hey Ju- like hey Ju- come on rocky raccoon which sounds like like the kid next door practicing his piano lesson <laughs> you know was it like 11 minutes long i agree with some intermin- of these points most interminable boring piece of shit i've heard in my life mike all i can say is yoko and me that's reality okay <laughs> that's reality <laughs> I like you know, the Stones. I think so, uh, sort of grew in a sick kind of way, whereas the Beatles kind of meandered off a bit. But Lemmy said something very interesting when he said when people were putting down the Beatles, and he said, "Well, what, the Beatles versus the Stones." He goes, "The Stones were all middle class kids from London, right? The Beatles were from like Liverpool, you know, and they cut their teeth in Hamburg." You know, they, I mean, had, they, they had a speed connection. They were the yeah. real. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> you know, I mean, who were the real punks at it? You know, the fact is that the Beatles couldn't resist. You know, uh, getting some clean suits when when the budget allowed for it. You know, the, the, they couldn't resist getting a French horn player when the budget allowed for it. <laughs> now, now, that was their downfall. 
I'm an easy beats guy myself. <laughs> I'm I'm pro Beatles, but Let's John Waters has my favorite quote, which is um, "Rock and roll is something along the lines of like rock and roll was great till those honkies the Beatles came along and ruined it." <laughs> well, I, you know, which you know, I think it's really funny, but I'm I'm definitely pro Beatles. I don't think it's Beatles versus Stones. It's like why does Mike Edison hate the Beatles so much? Is really my question. It, it's not the hatred of the what Beatles happens? What happens per se. What happened? My bad Beatles experience. Are you have like a bad acid trip or something? Were you looking for the bad? I've been bored by them my whole life, and it's sort of like oh, you must never criticize the, the Beatles because I mean it's, they're, they're kind of, they were kind of like the Kim Gordon of their day. You know, you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> criticize them without everyone looking at you. You know, it's like okay. And before before it came like Patty Smith, and I, I, I listen, I like Kim and I like Patty very much. But let's face it, they are like on the do not criticize list. You know, it's okay to make fun of the pub. I'm not criticizing but, but, them. But, but, you know. I don't really like Patty Smith. I don't think it holds up. I think it's important for its time. Uh-oh. I mean. But fuck ooh, it. I don't know. Cliff. Ooh, you Cliff. See, you see? Cliff is keeping out of this. So is Yuri. Exactly. They're smart. Cliff, if you want some pizza, you must enjoy, enjoy the fray. I like it with this. This is what's this? this is the John Kale. The, the John Kale pizza. The John Kale pizza. Oh, and it's spicy. Now, there was a guy who knew how to make a racket. Yeah, right. Former label mate. You know, I like Philly Beatles and like them, the Velvet Underground, for all those people who claim to love them and never really sit around listening to them. How many records <laughs> did they, when they were together, how many records did each of those albums sell? Like 6,000, 7,000? If that, if that. The Velvet okay. Underground? Yeah. Were, you know, I don't, yeah, when the Velvet Records The Ramones were weren't selling tons of records. Oh, I know that. At the time either. I mean, one of the most, certainly one of the most enduring rock and roll bands of all time, you know, and everyone's got the t-shirt, but at the time they weren't really selling many records. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people misunderstand too about the 70s, such as they were, was, oh, yeah, disco and punk. But punk wasn't selling any records. I mean, they were written about because critics liked it and was certainly you know, a viable and strong and incredibly you know, valuable artistic movement. But who was buying those records? Was anybody you know, really going to see Richard Al? I mean, and disco, too. It was happening in certain little pockets you know, before Saturday Night Fever came out and it sort of became a shopping mall thing. But it was like a culty uh, thing in gay clubs in New York and it sort of like drifted down into dance clubs. You mean the those world, clubs I was going to were gay? The, <laughs> No wonder there were no girls there. <laughs> wait a minute. A lot of time I wasted. Christ. The world was and, like- I, no, and, I, and I'd wait until like 4 or 5 in the morning. <laughs> you know, I'd still be there waiting for the action to pick and up. And then you've worn the flesh tones. I think this, this idea that all you had was disco and prog and then punk came along and smashed it as bullshit. Right, too. of course. Like, there were so many great funk records and disco records and soul records happening at the same no, time. No, and avant-garde punk music of the 60s and, as well. And Yeah, and the salsa record. There were just so many things happening at that time that there was no one paradigm shift. There were no paradigm shifts. It was just like everything's but happening the at the same time. the bands that were time. huge in the 70s when everyone was saying, oh my God, it was punk rock in 1977. It was, yeah, and the Outlaws and Sticks and Kansas and you know Toto oh my god Rush Ooh. Ooh. Breakfast in America. Ooh. Who did that one? Ooh. That's a major... Super Tramp. Super Tramp. A major cultural crime. Yeah, that's, as Rush is a real crowd splitter, too. And, I the, personally re- and the record is still here as evidence really to prove them. it, right? Oh whenever, whenever I get my tr- uh, World Tribunal together and I'm <laughs> passing judgment... This ought to be good. And I'll say, that, you know, to- those guys from Toto, I'm going to bring them in there and uh, Super Tramp and say... You can't deny these charges because it's right here. <laughs> and I'll put the record on. I'll say the, the tape don't lie, motherfucker. That's right. That's right. So plains of Africa. <laughs> so, so Michael, I know you've been looking forward to like you know some action or non-action at the awkward date table. I think this is this is good. She she's sort of like scrolling through photos on her phone, and he looks like he's about to fall asleep, <laughs> waiting for her. He's too nervous to say, "Hey, hey, come on, honey, get off, get off, get off the cell phone." Is this is like this? This is the awkward morning date after. What happened last night? After what happened last night? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, neither of them are that happy. She's like, I can't even believe I went to brunch with this dude. I love the awkward date table. This is kind of one of my favorite 
um, sections of the show. As a listener, <laughs> right? I look forward to the awkward date. Table. It, it makes it, it makes the show a lot more organic, shall we say? <laughs> it reminds me a little bit when I and, and a lot less organic. In the afternoons, when I used to, uh, my mom used to listen to the Arthur uh, Godfrey radio show oh, yeah. at, at around noontime. Well, you're, had, you're dating yourself. Had a little things like that. story dating like that. My, dating with a story myself. like that, you're going to end up dating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, before we go, I got to I'm going to try to bring the focus onto something, uh, onto myself. Because Yuri Lanquette, okay, the, the best show the Fleshstones ever, ever did was our debut in Paris at the Palace. I wish I had the song here that we had just written, uh, Dominique Laboubet. Uh, yeah. But we'll, we'll debate, debut that, sneak preview it the next time. He, after that show, Yuri drove me through Paris, through the streets, on his motorcycle. After this show, I'm going to drive you around Bushwick and Greenpoint in our Subaru. So nice. uh, Great. Sexy, Trace. So, Trace, 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 sexy. Well, all right, as ever, it's been the fastest thirty minutes on the internet. You're, you're kidding. It's a crazy. Can, can we extend party. this show to thirty-five minutes? No, no, no. It's just getting well, rolling. Well, glad to see you, And uh, listen, everybody, don't forget uh, back issues. The Hustler Magazine story is a really, really. I'm watching it. Awesome uh, documentary. I'm about watching it. Ever. I'm never watching it again. You're never watching <laughs> it again. You made it. You don't have to watch it. Um, but it stars me, um, and I'm charming. I think um, you're always charming. But, uh, but also it. our friends Mike McPadden and uh, Mr. Farringer, of course, it's worth seeing, and some great stuff from Larry Flint and all the people who were attached to. It. I mean, it's fucking insanity. I mean, the whole story of Hustler Magazine is like a great American insane. Uh, I mean, just the legacy of that, that thing and what was going on, and the way they made that magazine. Um, if you haven't seen it, please tune in. It's on Netflix, so it's Netflix. It's on Netflix, so uh, after you watch House, when of you're cards, done watching you can... House of Cards, yeah, I'm watching. And and by, by the I'm way, gonna... I'm going to tell you right now, House of Cards, the third season sucks. And you, if you haven't figured that out by the by the third episode, and you're just watching it because it's there, okay, don't turn the switch, flip over, watch I'm back issues, the shit. Hustler magazine show. Um, it's not, there's no sex in the third season. It's just like no, 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 like creepy dynamic that I, I love. No, there will but, be some. What's but, his name is going to get? Doug is going to get a creepy. All right, all right. Oh, he's a creep. No, no spoilers here. But I'll tell you what. Let's go out on a nice uh, dirty oh, blue song. Okay. How about that? I know we've been talking about trying to find a song to go out on. Even you like, can sing. Kind of like, like Carol Burnett. Yes, you can. I'm so glad we've had this time together. But all right, hearts and seizures. Thanks everybody for coming down. The great pizza rumba. Michael Nuremberg. Yuri Lonquette from Paris. And Cliff Mott from Connecticut. <laughs> Which is sort of like the Paris of... Uh, I don't know, it's the Paris of uh, North Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, two old ladies sitting in the sand And each one wishing that the other was a man Yeah, it's tight like that It's tight like that It's tight like that Suck the chrome off a trailer and shit.
Roberta's and Bushwick on the Heritage Radio Network. And don't forget, Arts and Seizures is member-supported, so if you see a button that says be a member or donate, click that thing. Be a part of it. Pizza Rumble will come over your house with a pizza and a harmonica, and all hell's going to break loose. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.